Hello and welcome. My name is Jackie Lindahl and this is the Fit Like a Girl podcast. I am a mom, wife, an avid coffee drinker and weightlifter, as well as a personal trainer. And I own my own company called Fit Like a Girl Personal Training. In this podcast, I will help you reach your weight loss and fitness goals with no BS advice, cutting through all the myths and the crap that is out there so that you feel empowered and confident in reaching your goals. Along with fitness and health, I will also talk about many other subjects like mom stuff, life stuff, business, money, and so much more. So grab a coffee or put on your headphones and go for a walk and let's chat. Hello and welcome back to the Fit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Jackie. I am your host. Um, I will address the elephant in the room. It has been a hot minute since I have done a podcast. (laughs) If you are listening to this in January, 2024, it has been many, many, many months. I want to say like at least eight or nine months since I've done a podcast and it wasn't exactly an intentional break. Um, but just things happened and I ended up taking a lot of time off, but I am back and I'm excited to get more content out here and I guess just put out some more things, especially in a longer form, such as a podcast and also putting this up on YouTube as well to just help more people and reach more people. So I guess for those who have listened in the past and are wondering like why I had a big hiatus, I'll kind of tell you, I guess a little bit, it's, there's nothing really significant. It's just that over the past year in 2023, um, my work with online clients and online coaching and stuff got quite busy, which I mean is amazing and a huge blessing, but it took up, um, a big chunk of my time as well as, you know, having two young kids. It's hard to podcast with a young baby in the house. And I mean, my youngest is now 18 months. Um, but at the time she was at home with me full time and I was at, I, um, wasn't really able to get away to podcast a lot of the times (laughs) Um, because any amount of time that I had while she was napping or otherwise was spent uh, trying to help clients and doing programming and client calls and all that kind of stuff that I just simply didn't have the capacity to add on podcasting along to that schedule. Um, Then in the summertime, I got busy with just like life and gardening. And I started riding horses again, which really just consumed my entire summer. So in June, the end of June, I found a horse. Her name is Jessie and we purchased her and brought her home. And we have just been kind of bonding ever since. And I've been doing a lot of riding, a lot of horseback riding, um, which is how I spent most of my summer, which I, like I said, it was incredible. Really for me, it was rediscovering an old love that I forgot how much I missed it. Like I knew that I had missed it, but until I was back in riding, you know, consistently again and learning again, reestablishing skills that I had forgotten and that I had missed. Um, yeah, I had forgotten just how much I loved it and how big of a part of my life it was when I was younger. I rode horses pretty much all my life, um, from a young kid to, well, pretty much till I went away to college. I did 4-H for several years, a little bit of barrel racing, lots of trail riding and cattle chasing and a little bit of team penning and all that kind of stuff. Just grew up with horses. And then when I went away to college to be a vet tech, my horse was left at home on the farm and I didn't really plan on moving back home afterwards. So I decided to sell him. And then after that, I 
I would ride occasionally here and there, like ride my grandpa's uh, penning horses, penning horses and stuff like that. But I didn't really ride much anymore. And yeah, so I decided it was time to get back into it. And with the help of my grandpa helping find me a great horse, um, yeah, slowly started rebuilding that love again. So that kind of took me throughout the winter and into the fall. And then over the course of the past couple of months recently, just with both girls now in daycare, I've been able to work more on my business. So I actually started doing my own coaching. So like business coaching where I now have my own coach and a program that I follow. So not unlike a lot of my clients, um, I've done a lot in my business on my own and I'm super proud of the progress that I've made and how much I've grown and learned over the years. But there were certain things that I felt like I could just do better and didn't really know how to do it. So yeah, now I am doing a online coaching program for myself in terms of business. And I decided that it's probably high time that I just, you know, rip the bandaid off and just get back on the podcast wagon. So that takes us to today, January, 2024, nearly a year later, I have decided to return to the podcast. So there's a life update that you've been looking for and waiting on the edge of your seat for. And a lot of you guys follow me on Instagram. So, you know, like kind of what I've been doing over the past year. Um, but yeah, just for anybody who doesn't follow me on Instagram, I'll post the, um, my Instagram in the show notes, but that's kind of where I've been at for the last nine months. <laughs> so with it being early January and with that, in mind, a lot of people are working on their goals for the year and health and fitness goals, not even necessarily weight loss goals, but just health and wellness is usually a hot topic this time of year, as a lot of people are wanting to work on those types of goals for the year. And so what I thought that I would talk about today, and I might not get through the whole thing today, but a little while ago, or about this time last year, I posted a post on Instagram that was just basically like 20 tips for if you're starting out on your journey, like a compilation of here are some of the best things that you can do or the best tips that I can give you as a personal trainer when you're going about your journey and how you can get the best results possible. So I figured I'll go through them each one by one, number one through 20. I might not get through all of them today, but if I can get through the first 10 today, then maybe I'll do a part two next week. We'll kind of see how much time I have and how much I ramble on. Let's be totally honest. Okay. Let's get into it. 20 tips for your health and fitness and wellness or weight loss goals for the year. Basically a compilation of the best tips that I can give you for your goals. Number one, you are likely overestimating what you can do in four weeks and underestimating what you can do in a year. What I mean by this is a lot of people start out really strong in the year. They are going to do everything under the sun. They're going to lose 10 pounds. They're going to cut carbs, do cardio, add in six day a week workouts. They're going to journal every day, meditate every day, do yoga every day, cardio six days a week. Like they are going to do everything in four weeks. And they set this up for themselves. Like they're going to lose a whole bunch of weight and do all these things and transform their fucking life in four weeks. And oftentimes they are left after those four weeks disappointed because they tried to go too hard, too fast, and they burnt out really quick. However, though, a lot of people underestimate what they can achieve in a year. 
and this applies to business, this applies to weight loss goals, this applies to basically any goal, that if you set yourself a longer term goal or give yourself a longer period of time to achieve a goal, you'll actually be really surprised as to the progress and things like that that you can make in a year in comparison to a short-term goal like four weeks. So yeah, in four weeks, you might not lose 10 pounds, but if you go slow and steady and you lose half a pound to a pound a week, let's say one pound a week for a whole year, you could lose upwards of close to 50 pounds in a year. That's life-changing. Like that can be life-changing for somebody. And, or say, for example, you want to do six days a week and you'll probably burn out in three weeks, then you'll be left by the end of that month feeling disappointed. But if you do, or if you do workouts three days a week, every single week for 52 consecutive weeks, the amount of strength gains, your consistency, the progress that you will make in that time is unbelievable. So don't feel like you have to change the world in four weeks. Slow and steady wins the race. Tackle one small thing at a time. Start small and then you can build from there. I would much rather see people do a little bit less consistently than they'll get farther ahead than if they try to crush doing everything all at once and then they get overwhelmed and quit. Number two, you don't have to have a weight loss goal. You don't. Just putting it out there. A lot of people, especially this time of year, they feel like they have to lose weight. But weight loss doesn't have to be one of your goals, especially if it's something that stresses you out, makes you feel anxious or upset, or also it's just not something that makes you excited or you've tried losing weight and tried losing weight and tried losing weight. And every time you feel like you're just left disappointed, maybe it's time to switch gears and try a different goal. And a lot of people, like I said, this time of year, everybody's talking about weight loss. Everybody's talking about lose weight, lose weight, lose your holiday weight. You don't have to have those goals. Your goals don't have to pertain to weight loss, doesn't have to pertain to a number on the scale, losing inches, whatever it can be. The goals that I actually love the most are performance-related goals. Maybe you want to run a marathon. Maybe you just want to be able to go up a flight of stairs without feeling like you're exhausted. Maybe you want to deadlift your husband's body weight. Maybe you just want to stay consistent and just look after your health. Maybe you want to lower your blood pressure. All of those things are amazing trackable and tangible goals that have nothing to do with your body size. So if the thought of trying to lose weight or if the thought of trying to, you know, calorie deficit on the scale and that kind of thing is not what you want to do, that's perfectly okay. You can still set yourself amazing goals and go after them and absolutely crush them. Number three, I will beat this drum to the day I die. Focus on consistency, not perfection. Imperfect consistency trumps perfect inconsistency any day of the week. So like I said, I'll beat this one till the day I die. You need to just be consistent. You don't need to be perfect. Like I mentioned in number one, I would much, much rather you do three workouts a week, every single week, just beating that consistency drum over and over and over again for a solid year, than try to do six days a week for three weeks, get stressed, fall off the wagon, quit for three weeks, go back to doing six days a week for three weeks, get stressed, fall off the wagon for three weeks, rinse and repeat. That kind of like, I have to be perfect, I have to be perfect, I have to be perfect, is the biggest bullshit that I have ever heard of in my entire life. And you do not need to do that. 
And it oftentimes leads us feeling stressed and it leads you to feeling disappointed when you're not. And then it also perpetuates that all or nothing. I have to be perfect or I might as well not even try, which again is the biggest bullshit I've ever heard of. Consistency over perfection every single time. End of story. I don't feel like I need to elaborate any further on that one. Number four, get your sleep in order. It matters way more than you think. I cannot stress the amount of people who come to me feeling like they need to, you know, they'll tell me I have no energy. I'm tired. I'm miserable. I, you know, feel like I have a broken metabolism. I feel like I have thyroid problems. I feel like I have adrenal fatigue and all of these other buzzwords. I have metal toxicity and all that bullshit that people talk about on social media. And one of the first things I'll ask them is what's your sleep like? And oftentimes it's like, I get maybe three hours of sleep a night. I usually scroll TikTok till two in the morning and then I wake up at seven. I'll stay up binging Netflix till way too late. And then I am exhausted the next day. Number one is get your fucking sleep in order. If this is you and it's within your control. I understand. Believe me, as a mom of two kids, sometimes the sleep just ain't happening no matter what I do. And that is okay. There's things that are outside of your control. Same thing with shift workers where you have an ever-changing schedule and your nights and days and whatever. I understand that when it comes to sleep, sometimes there's certain things that are outside of our control. But if there is things that are within your control, like getting the fuck off your phone, stopping watching Netflix at a reasonable hour, getting to bed at a reasonable time, get that in order first before you think that you're broken, your metabolism's broken, all that kind of stuff. Sleep matters so much when it comes to our recovery, our brain function, our energy, our motivation, how we feel, depression, anxiety, all that kind of stuff, as well as recovery from your workouts, muscle growth. Sleep has so much to do with it. And oftentimes when we are not sleeping well, you won't have the energy to want to work out. You won't have the energy or the mental capacity to want to make good decisions when it comes to your nutrition. You're going to be more likely to skip workouts and all that kind of stuff. Get your fucking sleep in order if it is within your control. End of story. Number five, supplements are overrated. Check your nutrition first. When it comes to supplements, a lot of people love to jump to supplements first before they do anything else. And I refer to this as majoring in the minors, meaning that instead of wanting to take care of the major blocks like sleep, vegetable intake, protein intake, calorie intake, workouts, daily movement. You're trying to do the latest supplement, the cleanse, the detox, the maybe I am lacking in this. Maybe I need another protein powder. Maybe I need to take creatine. Maybe I need a fat burner. Maybe I need testosterone supplements. Like all that kind of bullshit doesn't fucking matter and won't do shit. If your sleep, your nutrition, your workouts, your daily movement, and your water intake are not under control. Do not major in the minors. Get your major blocks moving first. So I had somebody message me yesterday, actually, um, in kind of pertaining to this subject. And she was asking me about, should I be drinking bone broth? Because I heard it was good for you. And we had a little chit chat back and forth. And, you know, she's like just starting to work on her goals and she doesn't really know where to start. And she thought, oh, I'd start drinking bone broth. Like, no, I wouldn't even fucking bother because all of your other things are not in order. Like get your sleep in order get your water intake up, get your, you know, vegetable intake up, get your protein intake up, start doing daily movements, maybe work in some workouts throughout the week, get your major big blocks moving first 
before you even think about doing anything like bone broth supplementation and that kind of thing. So it's just one of those things that, again, don't major in the minors. Take care of the boring stuff first. Yes, it's boring. No, it's not exciting is going to the supplement store. But it's what's actually going to get results in the long term. And guaranteed, once you start doing those big things, that's what's actually going to make you feel better, not the bullshit supplements from the store. Number six, cardio is good for your heart and lung health, but it doesn't change your body shape. And no, you don't have to run for cardio. So a lot of people, when they first start on their weight loss journey, health journey, whatever it might be, they automatically think that they have to run. Why is it that everybody thinks you have to fucking run? Like I will have so many clients come to me and they'll tell me like, you know, I don't like running. And I mean, that's not to say that I don't have clients who run. I have clients who run marathons, enjoy running. They're part of like a running club, all that kind of stuff. But I'll get people who are kind of like me. They don't run. And they'll say to me, you know, I just hate running. Do I have to run? I'm like, absolutely fucking not. You don't. And you also don't need to kill yourself with cardio. A lot of times when people think that when they want to start working out, they have to run and they have to do cardio and hours of it. You don't need to do as much cardio as you think. If you can get in like 150 minutes a week. I think that's the kind of like CSEP guidelines. That's the Canadian Exercise Society Physiology, something like that. Um, Guidelines. I should really know that, but I don't. Um, Is like 150 minutes of cardiovascular activity a week. And it's not even like rigorous cardiovascular activity. It's like low intensity cardiovascular. And that could be walking. That could be walking on an incline. That could be cycling. That could be swimming. That could be Zumba. That could be, you know, playing at the park with your kids. That could be rowing, could be running, could be cycling, Stairmaster. I said cycling already. Uh, But you get the idea. You don't have to run for cardio. Cardio is great for your heart and lung health, but it doesn't change your body shape. In that, if you want to tone up, if you want to build muscle mass, if you want to build a booty, if you want, you know, shapely legs, toned arms, cardio doesn't do that. It doesn't build muscle mass. Weight training builds muscle mass. So if you want to change your body shape and how your body looks, you want to tone up all that kind of stuff. That's when you have to hit the weights. Cardio is great. Like I said, for heart and lung health, it's great for getting extra steps in, um, endurance. You can set some great goals with cardio. If you want to run a marathon or a 10 K or whatever it might be, or you don't want to run, (laughs) You can do a lot of great things with cardio, but it just doesn't change your body shape. It's not that cardio and it's not cardio versus weight training. A lot of people think it's cardio versus weight training. You do one or the other, you do both and they complement each other. So hope that helps. You don't have to run. Number seven, we already talked about this in the last one, but strength training is actually what changes your body shape, tones you up and all that kind of stuff. And it helps your mobility, bone density, muscle mass, gets you stronger and makes everyday life easier. I cannot stress enough, especially for women and especially as we get older, how important it is to maintain our muscle mass. It's one of the things that as we get older and we do less activity, our muscle mass is first to go. And as we get older, health risks then become with that risk of falling, risk of injury, and then not being able to recover from those injuries, as well as just your strength goes down. You won't be able to move as well. Getting on and off the floor to play with your kids or your grandkids. You'll feel like you won't be able to do as much in your life. You'll be saying no to certain activities and that kind of stuff. Like these things really take a toll as life goes on. 
yeah, when you're in your 20s and 30s, you probably don't really think about how life is actually going to be in your 40s, 50s, and 60s. But if you make changes now, it'll be A, so much easier to stick to it, and B, make your life so much easier. Not only that, as I mentioned before, if you actually want to change how your body shape is, you want to build shapely legs, you want to have a booty, you want to have you know, more defined core, you want to have toned arms, whatever it might be, that is where strength training comes in and helps change the shape of your body. Not only that, you'll get stronger. It makes everyday life easier. I cannot tell you the things living, especially on an acreage now, um, and having to do more chores and all that kind of stuff, similar to when I was young, or how much easier those chores and things like that are because I weight lift and work out regularly. I cannot stress enough adding in strength training, even starting with just a couple days a week, three days a week, four days a week is perfect to get yourself stronger, feel better, move better, build that bone density, build up your muscle mass, and as well as help change the shape of your body. Number eight, stop taking foods out of your diet. The last thing that you need is more restriction. Instead, think about what you can add into your diet. So a lot of times when we are wanting to change our nutrition habits, the first thing that people think of is what they need to remove from their diet. I need to take, I need to cut out pop. I need to cut out sugar. I need to cut out carbs. I got to cut out dairy. I got to cut out life, gluten, whatever the fuck it is. Oftentimes people just go with, I need to just eliminate things, start cutting things out. That leads to such a restrictive mindset when it comes to food and oftentimes makes your diet and nutrition goals. Number one, unattainable to stick to in the long term. And number two, it just creates that restrict, that restrict binge mindset. So you're going to restrict, restrict, restrict that food. And then eventually you're going to snap because you fucking want some chips and then you binge. And then it leads to that guilt spiral out of control. You completely fall off the wagon, having to start all over again next month where you feel like you need to restrict even harder. So instead of trying to restrict, restrict, restrict. Think about what you can add into your diet. So I'm adding in more servings of vegetables throughout the day. Maybe you're going to add in a serving of fruit or vegetable at every single meal and snack. You're just adding it in. Doesn't even necessarily have to change what you have already. I'm just adding to it. Even if I have pizza, I'm going to have an apple with it. Even if I have a chocolate bar, I can have a handful of chopped up vegetables, something like that, where you're just adding those types of things in. You're adding more protein to your dinner. I'm having spaghetti with supper or a pasta of some sort. Instead of restricting that pasta, thinking that you have to get rid of it, let's add some protein to it to make it more satisfying. This is something that I've actually learned the, um, the phrase add in, like think about what you can add in. Um, online from Sohi Fit, um, Sohi Lee Carpenter, I believe is her full name now, um, as well as Abby Sharp. She's a registered dietitian that I've followed on TikTok and Instagram for a while now. And they both kind of have this like add to it mindset, which for it's amazing. And it's really changing a lot of how I coach my clients with nutrition over the past few years now. So for example, with the add in, even if it's something, a food such as chips, Say you have a craving for chips. I want some chips or chocolate or whatever it is. We'll say chips for this example. You're going to have your bowl of chips. But then with that, you know that you're going to feel hungry in about 20 minutes and you're just going to be running back to the cupboard, likely for more chips and end up eating the whole bag. So instead of that, you have your portion of chips, pour it in a bowl, whatever it is, 
then with those chips, you're going to have what you're going to think to yourself, what can I add to this? So maybe you're going to add, you know, some chopped up vegetables and you'll dip the chips and the vegetables in some dip. Maybe you will have a source of protein with it. Like maybe you're going to have some yogurt with it or cheese string or whatever, but just what can I add to this to make this more filling, to make this more nutritious and to keep me full and satisfied longer. So remove the idea of restriction, restrict the restriction (laughs) and think about what you can add in to your nutrition, add into some of your favorite foods or favorite treats or whatever it is to help make yourself feel more satisfied and less of a restriction mindset. Number nine, the more unsustainable the methods are, the more unsustainable the results will be. So this again, kind of ties back to the whole restriction mindset, going too hard, too fast. I'm going to do six days a week, you know, of workouts to start out with. I'm going to cut out carbs and all of these things just because some internet dumbass told me I needed to. If these things are unsustainable for you, the methods are very restrictive and you feel like you can't stick with it forever. Any results that you get from those unsustainable methods will not stick around. They will be unsustainable. This is where I hear this all the time with people who have done stupid diets like keto or carnivore or something like that. And they'll say like, I did keto for, you know, three months and I lost 30 pounds while doing it. And then I gained it all back. So I'm going to go back and do keto again because it worked last time. And it's like, well, if you have to go back on the diet, did it actually fucking work? Because to me, that seems like it didn't. And then I'll ask them, you know, I'll have clients that come to me and they've done keto and I'll ask them, why did you quit doing it? Oh, because I missed having carbs. I just wanted a fucking potato. I just wanted to eat carbs again. It's like, okay, so did it actually work if it was so restrictive that you couldn't stick with it for forever? And oftentimes they'll say, well, no, I guess not. So just remembering if it's a method that you think, God, I can't wait to get off of this or man, this actually is quite restrictive and I don't like it, but I'll suck it up for the time being. Just remember that when you go off of it, off of whatever plan it is, that likely any results that you get from that plan might not stick around. So consider that before you start a super excessive workout program or a super restrictive diet, if you can't stick with it forever, there's no point in even staying on it. Number 10, I think this will be the last one for today. And then I will do the other 10 in a part two. But number 10, hit is overrated for most people. When I say hit, I'm referring to high intensity interval training. The reason why I say is that it's overrated for most people in that average Joe gen population person, not personal trainer people, not people with, you know, goals of wanting to do crazy CrossFit competitions or anything like that. Average Joe, average Jane, high intensity interval training is kind of overrated. It's not that it's bad. I'm not shitting on it. I'm not saying that's terrible or anything like that. It's just that the benefits from the high intensity interval training versus the risk of injury, the risk of burnout, all that kind of stuff isn't really worth it for the average person. And not only that, a lot of times I see online high intensity interval training workouts, hit workouts that I'll see on Instagram and that kind of thing. Most of the time, those are not actually true high intensity interval workouts. Um, 
they're not true hit workouts. They are a circuit workout that gets your heart rate up. Yeah, for sure. But it's not actually true hit. High intensity interval training is very, very intense and is really not for a beginner or novice person who just started working out. It's for a more advanced person, somebody who really, really wants to push their limits and push themselves. And not only that, it's a workout that should only really be done maybe once or twice a week. You should not be doing HIIT workouts five days a week. And if somebody, if if you have a program that says that you're doing HIIT workouts five or six days a week, you're probably not. You're probably doing some pretty awesome and intense circuits that get your heart rate up and get you sweating and those kinds of things. And I'm not shitting on those workouts either. They're just not hit. So again, there's nothing wrong with high intensity interval training just for the average person who wants to get fit, maybe get better cardio, uh, you know, be able to have better endurance, better strength, move better, all that kind of stuff. High intensity interval training isn't really where it's at. You're better off incorporating a good quality strength training program with some zone two cardio throughout the week, maybe a little bit of zone three cardio. So kind of your more low intensity, moderate intensity cardio versus crushing yourself and killing yourself with HIIT workouts. That's all. So there's one through 10 of my top 20 tips for you for your fitness and health goals. I will do the next uh, 10 in a part two episode. If you like this episode, please feel free to share it, subscribe to the podcast. I do plan on hopping back on the podcast train this year and putting out more longer form content. So if you enjoyed this, definitely please feel free to subscribe as well as if you can leave a review, a five-star written review is amazing and really helps boost um, views of the podcast and that kind of thing. You can also find me on other places such as Instagram is usually the best social media to follow me on as well as I will be posting these on YouTube. So if you haven't already subscribed to my YouTube channel, I will post both my Instagram and my YouTube in the show notes. If you have questions about my personal training and personal training options, you can feel free to head to my website, www.fitlikeagirlalloneword.ca. And otherwise, I just want to say thanks so much for listening. I'm happy to be back, back on the podcast train, and I will chat with you soon.